welcome to The Digital Couch, a podcast about the ever-changing world of digital. The Digital Couch is brought to you by Value First. The podcast features leading global thinkers and their stories from the world of business, management and marketing. Now here's your host, Shauri Gupta. Hello everyone. Today we have with us Mathias Cage. Mathias is CEO of With Locals. With Locals connects people and cultures through personalized travel experiences with the locals. Previously, he co-founded FLX1, which is acquired by TerraData, and Fresh Food Digital, which was acquired by GroupM. Mathias, why don't you say hi to our listeners? Hi, nice to uh, be here. Thanks for the invite. So uh, let's start with a quick intro from my side. Um, so my name is Matthijs. Uh, you already did a nice introduction. Um, and I thought maybe it's helpful to explain a little bit about my journey, how I uh, uh, eventually ended with, with Locals. Um, yeah. And that journey started roughly 10 years ago when I started my first company that was in the uh, digital marketing space. Um, very simple model. Um, you have advertisers, usually bigger companies. They want you to spend their marketing budget in a meaningful way. Um, you get a little bit of money for that. Um, and if you do it well, you can build a nice business. But ultimately, it's not really scalable because for every new customer, you also need new people. So around the same time, we also saw an opportunity to do more with technology because the whole marketing world was shifting towards technology. Right. So that was the launch of the other company, Flex One. And I think there is a link uh, with travel, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, that company was really a tech company, software as a service, um, basically still helping customers to spend their marketing budget in a smarter way, um, but then with the help of technology. Um, I think we built a great product, but we were also a little bit lucky because suddenly the whole world was looking for that kind of technology, including some big companies who also were interested uh, in acquiring our company, which eventually happens. Um, and then as it goes, they usually uh, ask you to stay around for a little bit longer. Mm. Um, but it's an interesting move if you come from a 15 people startup and you go to a 15,000 people uh, corporate company. Yeah. Uh, so lots of opportunities, uh, definitely lots of learnings. Yeah. Uh, but then I got the opportunity to uh, join with locals. Um, and I know the founders of with locals for a very long time. Um, and what really resonated with me was technology is still really important. Yeah. Uh, but it's also a very different market, um, digital marketing versus travel. It's like in marketing, technology was so prevalent. Every company understood the importance of technology. Yeah. And in travel, I remember my first week, a big, really big travel company saying, no, we do not have an API. We just send emails. <laughs> uh, so that was like a little bit of a culture shock. Yeah. Um, but what I really like about with locals is that the work that we are doing, so you already said it, we connect people with cultures and it really feels like you're adding value. You're bringing something meaningful to the world. Mm. And that's a feeling that I didn't always have in the digital marketing space. 
because I liked the product that we built, but in the end, you're helping big companies to put even more ads online. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess that's a big difference between what we are doing uh, right now. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. Do you also want to cover about something about with locals? Like what does with locals does? I mean, I spoke about experiences, but if you want to stretch it a bit. Yeah, sure. So um, what we are doing, we are bringing um, demand and supply together. And we do that um, in what we call unique and personalized travel experiences, which is a really broad term, but I can give you a very simple example. Let's say you are going to Barcelona uh, on holiday. Um, there is a lot you can do over there. Uh, you can Google, you can buy a Lonely Planet book, you can download an app for that. Um, but what is really nice is getting in touch with a local and that local, and maybe you share a passion for food, maybe a passion for street art, for history. Um, that is your choice. So we have a really uh, large selection of local guides available on our website, in our app. Uh, so you pick a guide where you feel like, hey, there is a good match with what I would like to do. Um, and then you're going to do an experience. And that can be everything from uh, a tapas tour in Barcelona, where yeah. you visit a couple of restaurants, but also going to a part of the city where a lot of travelers normally don't go to. Uh, so the whole idea is that we give you a different view into a city based on what you like uh, and also based on how you would like to do it. So if you don't like to get up early in the morning, <laughs> there's a lot of tours that start at eight in the morning. If you are not a morning person, you can say, I want to leave at 11. Um, if you are a vegetarian, it's super easy. We say, okay, then we turn the food tour into a vegetarian food tour. So the whole idea is that we bring it in line with what you are looking for. That's lovely. In fact, thank you for making me miss Barcelona suddenly for no reason. <laughs> that's really cool also i want our listeners to know that uh, you should go and visit the mobile website on the app i mean it's somewhere i go just to look at amazing design when i'm not traveling so just a heads up for others as well all right so let's dive into the episode so uh, Mathas, i wanted to speak about with what's happening in the outside world these days we've been surrounded with covid19 there's been negativity around there's been uncertainty and unfortunately, travel as a sector has been really affected. It's been hit very hard. How have you reacted to this? And how have you been absorbing the past few weeks as an industry or as with locals as well? Yeah. Yeah, good question. I think um, if you are building a company, there's always ups and downs. Um, but this is really a big one. And I think it's something that you cannot even really plan for. You always try to look at external factors, but this one was so massive. So for us, it started, I think the very first signs were there in December last year, uh, mm. when uh, it started a little bit in Asia. And I remember that we were preparing a board meeting and we said, maybe we have to build a chart where we show the impact of the virus in Asia. But it was like, I don't know, maybe... 2%, something like that. And then it was like end of February and we realized this is going to be really bad news for the whole industry, but also for us. Um, and that was a tough period also for me, but especially for the team 
because suddenly you are losing a lot of revenue, like over 90%, like almost every company, I guess, uh, in this sector. Um, your costs are still based on a certain amount of revenue. Uh, the revenue is not there anymore. So you have to make a decision. How are you going to bring the costs down? Yeah. Uh, which also meant for us that we had to do a reorganization. Mm. And I guess from a rational perspective, you know why you have to do it. But it also means that you have to say goodbye to people who really helped to build the company. Uh, so that was really tough for everybody. Um, but then you also come to a point where you have to look forward and think about, well, this virus, we yeah. cannot get, get it. Uh, yeah, it's not on us to um, make sure that there is a vaccine, but we can uh, think about alternative solutions on our own side. So we quickly made the switch from offline experiences when you are really going to a city to online experiences. So doing an experience in a video meeting, for instance, uh, we are now building that out to a live streaming platform. So if people go to witlocals.tv, they can see it for themselves. Um, travel is starting uh, to pick up again, but in a different kind of way. So that's something we're also building. Can we create a portfolio of, exper of experiences that are more relevant to local travelers? Because we see, at least in Europe, that a lot of people are still traveling but they are staying closer to home. They are not doing international flights, for instance. I think the last point, and that's something, yeah, that's also hard uh, to influence on our side. In the US, it's still, uh, and in some other countries as well, of course, but in the US, it's still a very um, bad situation at the moment. Um, the US is also an important customer segment. Yeah, that's a group. I think it will still take a while before we see them back in Europe given all the uh, travel restrictions. Nice. So in fact, you touched upon a very cool point about virtual tourism. Do you want to talk more about it? Because it's something that we're listening a lot about off late. And again, you mentioned about with locals.tv, you guys have been doing some amazing work there. I mean, just, just a quick one about how does it work if you were to give an example about it? Yeah, so we, um, I think it started with our mission. So we said, our mission is connecting people with cultures. Travel is uh, really limited at the moment. Can we find other ways uh, to still take care of that? Uh, and then we reach out to our hosts. That's how we call the local guides to see what exactly can they do. And uh, for instance, I think the first one was uh, our host Nico in Rome, who is usually doing uh, a food tour, but he's also a chef and he has like a professional kitchen in his house. So we said, can we do um, a cooking workshop to make an Italian dish that yeah. people who attend the experience can cook with him or just look if they want to. Um, but then it quickly um, moved into um, debating workshops. Uh, we have uh, Yorgos, a host from uh, Greece, who is doing uh, uh, a dancing experience, which is also really cool. Wow. Uh, we have another host in Italy who is doing a kind of mini concert with a music quiz. So I guess everything where people feel like, well, how many people uh, love music? A lot, right? So just that one experience is already a really good fit with a lot of people. And I think the beauty is 
you can also go to YouTube and you can find a lot of really impressive concerts. But here, I think it's more about the interaction, the fact that you can also talk to the host and say, what is life like in Italy at the moment? And maybe also share your own personal story. So yeah. I think, yeah, that comes back to the mission again. With that online experience, you can really realize that connection. And I think that's, yeah, that's what's making it really powerful. That's that's quite nice. I mean, so your emotions are still in place when you're traveling, even though you're not there physically, but in a way you still are. So it's, it's quite beautiful that way, I think. And I think as an industry, it's one of the best ways to do what we can do in, in these times. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure that you and the listeners can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so travel is still impossible for a lot of people, but yeah. people they still want to do something, right? Uh, And we all realize a big trip, maybe it's not possible, but just the fact that you connect with people in a really different country. Um, I did a a workshop with a really lovely couple from Sri Lanka. Well, it's quite far from here. I'm based in the Netherlands. Um, And it's so nice to still connect with other people uh, while you're in the comfort of your own home. I'm going to extend this question and ask you something about technology, how artificial intelligence was supposed to also help the travel sector with virtual tourism. AR and VR were supposed to come into the market and apparently change it completely. And from what I see it, it's something that's still very niche, something that's very expensive. But have you seen because of COVID-19, this being speeded up in any way? Um. Not so much. I think there have been a lot of discussions lately. I know some people who have a pretty strong view on the developments in that area. Uh, so where I see it is self-guided tours. Um, they have been around for a long time. So you uh, get an app or maybe really old school, um, a little device uh, like in a museum uh, yeah. where you have a guided tour. Um, And I think there is a lot of potential to use artificial intelligence. Um, But in the end, I think that is not going to replace the human connection. So I think it can be really valuable in terms of being complementary to the experience. Um, But what can AI do for you? I think AI can help you to navigate a city Uh, in a smart way to avoid major traffic jams. I think Google is already doing that with Google Maps, for instance. Um, It can also help you to come up with relevant suggestions, which is also uh, really valuable. But I think if you compare that to walking around with somebody who has all the local knowledge where you can have like a regular conversation, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm sure at some point you can also have a really chit-chatty conversation with a chatbot. Um, but I think, first of all, we're not there yet. And more important, I don't think a lot of consumers are actually looking for that. Um, I think the other part of your question, augmented reality. Um, so let's call it a blend between the real world and a kind of layer on top of it with relevant information. I think that could be pretty useful. I remember a regular experience that I did once where the guide was, at least that was my impression, uh, Mm. it was like the guide was just reading Wikipedia. And I thought, well, I can also read Wikipedia myself. Um, So if you can get relevant information in a different kind of way, that would be helpful for me as a person. Uh, But I would still like to have that conversation. 
Of course. So you, I think that's what that's how you define travel. Also, at the end of the day, I mean, it's also the absolutely you know, the conversations you have have, have there. Uh, so you already spoke about chatbots. Also, how I mean, for us, in fact, chatbots a big one. In fact, we look at it as a at the fourth industrial revolution of the world, and. i have an opinion that something like chatbots and marketing automation can only handhold a consumer but at the end of the day the experience still has to be felt as you were you were mentioning yourself so very yeah. interesting uh back in your answer you also mentioned about how people have not been able to take a lot of international flights off late and my personal perception or my personal outlook is that domestic travel seems to be the focus for the coming months is that something that you're also putting your efforts on as with locals or you see that happening on an industry level yeah absolutely i think that there are two major trends i would say one is that uh, many companies including with locals are looking at um a proposition that is more geared towards domestic travelers and in europe that could also mean um people from germany coming to the netherlands for instance uh, you can even do that by car you don't need a flight for that so that is really relevant but it also means that you have to think about which experiences are relevant to them so amsterdam for me it's really close yeah. if i go to amsterdam i've already been on a boat through the canals uh, i know a lot of the highlights there so if i look for an experience in amsterdam i'm looking for something different i would like to explore another part of the city so we have to make sure that we can also offer a different type of experiences So that's one and I think the second thing and that's really industry wide is how can you uh explain to customers potential customers that it is safe to do an experience uh and of course you can do all the usual stuff like wearing a mask uh having sanitizer with you um but I think there we have a really big advantage with some other companies We've always been doing private tours which means it's a small group it's just you and your friends or you and your family but it's not you and 50 other strangers in a bus and I think now uh, in this time but maybe also post covid I think that will be a really big benefit because I'm sure that people feel a lot more comfortable in a small group with people they know as opposed to being in a very small space with a lot of people they don't know um but that's yeah I, i think a lot of people are thinking about how do we guarantee health and safety um with the right precautions but also in terms of the products that you actually offer interesting and do you think this is also the way forward for the industry because as we said the sector has been affected and even though things seem to get seem to be getting better here and there people are still hesitant so for example personally i'll be very hesitant to travel for a little while maybe because i yeah. have elder people at home as an example so what is the very cliche term but what is the new normal of the travel industry that way yeah that it's a great question and honestly i don't know because i think i'm on the same side as what you just explained hmm. um i'm also cautious um but then i was in a round table and there was somebody who was working in the flight industry and she mentioned that after 911 a lot of people were very pessimistic about the outlook for uh, airlines mm. and she said well it only took 
one month of slashing all the prices to 30% of the regular price and all the planes were full again. (laughs) So I think that's the other way to look at it, right? Right. People are creatures of habit. I, I even see it in the Netherlands. So if you want to go to Turkey for your holiday, there are still like, um, uh, it's kind of a traffic light system uh, and Turkey is on orange. So it's not entirely safe. But there are so many people who feel like we've been in a lockdown for months. Yeah. Now it's really the time to get a break. Uh, and we know that it's risky, but let's do it anyway. And I think that's something that you see all across the world. So I don't know. I think a vaccine, that's probably the most important milestone. If that is there and um, the world can take care of uh, distribution in such a way that a lot of people are protected, Mm -hmm. I think then everything will change again. And I really wonder how quickly people will get back to the uh, old life, I would say. So I'm, I tell really? my friends the day the vaccine comes out, I'm going to go get it and take a flight next day. I mean, however yeah. it sounds, but that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. And the only thing I hope is, and maybe that's more from a sustainability perspective, also in work, I think a lot of people have seen that there is a lot that you can actually do when you are working remotely with a team. And yeah. it's definitely not always ideal. Um, but if I look at our own company, it is actually working pretty well. Um, I also did a lot of business trips. So you have to meet an investor in London and you yeah. go to London for one or two days. Uh, I hope that's a change that is a bit more long-term, that we all feel like, hey, maybe there is actually more that we can do remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, but for leisure, yeah, I think it's also great to explore the world, right? And you can still do that in a sustainable way. Um, but that's also the beauty of traveling, exploring new places, meeting new people. Um, so it's a bit of a two-sided sword. It is, it is. All right, cool. So I think I'm done with my travel part of the segment. I've, yep. I've prepared some four fast-forward questions for you in which I'll just throw questions at you and you've got to quickly sure. answer them without hopefully yeah. thinking a lot. All right, so here they go. The number one is, what's your favorite travel destination in the world and why? So I would say Malaysia. I've been there before. We had the plan to actually go there again this summer, but then uh, doing uh, trekking in the jungle with our kids. Uh, What I like is great people, great foods, um, great nature. Um, So I would go with Malaysia. All right, cool. Your favorite with locals experience on the virtual TV right now? I know you'll sound a bit favorite, but if you had to pick one. Yeah, no, I, I can pick uh, one straight away. It would be making tiramisu with uh, Laurie and his wife uh, from Venice. Um, and the reason is it's super simple. So maybe I'm not the best chef in the world, but really anybody can make this. Um, the only drawback is you have to put it in the fridge and then wait a night and it <laughs> looks like you want to eat it straight away. Uh, but that's really great. Uh, they know a lot about it. It's a great experience. So yeah, I would definitely pick that one. All right. Uh, three reasons why everyone on this planet should travel. Um, it's So the most important one, in my opinion, it's a great way to... Um, broaden your mind. I think meeting new people gives you new perspectives. 
Um, and in general, I think that's super valuable to meet people who might have different opinions. So that's one. Um, two is there's just so much to explore in the world. Mm. Um, and maybe that's more uh, a personal reason. Uh, but I think every place you go to, there's the highlights. Uh, there's also new people you can meet. Um, and now I'm thinking about a good number three. Um, so let me think. I think a lot actually comes back in one and two already. Um, okay, I'll think <laughs> about number three and I'll get back to you about that one. All right. And my last question is a tip that you have. So you've been a two-time entrepreneur yourself and you're also at a leadership, leadership position in the travel industry. What would you tell a young entrepreneur who's trying to enter the travel industry during these times? Any tip or a sort of suggestion that you'll have for this person? Well, if you enter the travel industry right now, my tip would be be brave because you need <laughs> it. Um, and of course, that's a little bit of a joke, but I think there's also some truth in it. Um, right now is a difficult situation, but <laughs> I think there will always be difficult situations. So um, at some point, I hope we look back and we say that was a really difficult period, but we got through it. Yeah. Uh, but then for sure, there will be another thing. So I think resilience is super important mm. if you want to make it work. Of course, you need a good idea and a, a good team and all the stuff you can read online on how to build a company. But in the end, it's you, the founder, the CEO. You have to make sure that uh, you see every obstacle as an opportunity to get out stronger. Uh, yeah. It sounds easier than it is sometimes, but I think that would be my uh, best advice. All right. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Matthias. I think... Thank you. I've had a great conversation learning more about the industry, about with locals. Thank you for making me miss Barcelona and Tiramisu. I'm going to look at those experiences <laughs> hopefully soon. Been a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us this time on The Digital Couch. Make sure to visit our website, vfirst.com where you can subscribe to the show on the platform of your choice. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, do write to us at thedigitalcouch at vfirst.com. Be sure to tune in to our next episode. See you!